Welcome, everybody, to the End Off the Bench podcast. My name is Jim Cross, and I am joined once again by Jay Ness of the All Sports All Plays Network. This is episode five titled Payday, and that's because we are being joined by Peyton Harden from McNeese State Baseball. And you know, Jay, I don't want to waste any time. Let's jump right into it. So please welcome on in the biggest interview and podcast this week, Peyton Harden. Peyton, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. What's up? Man, you know, opening weekend of baseballs this past weekend, you know all about that. I got a question for you right out the gate. You know, I went to three different games, multiple different venues. Some of these walk-up songs, man, are terrible. What, what's your walk-up song? Uh, my walk-up song is Paid by Gunna. Okay. And it started, started at one minute and ended about like a minute 15. Yeah, oh, the exact markers. Yeah, <laughs> you got to. Well, and see, like, man, like, uh, the leadoff batter came out at Ole Miss, right? He came out to Desperado by Rihanna. I was like feeling it. And then the next four were like country or old Southern rock. And I was like, ah, man. And then luckily, man, when I went to the Mississippi State game, they were coming out with, with something better. But the, them Ole Miss cast, they was playing that country music. And I was like, ah, man, I need, I need something to hype me up when you come into the plate. So, uh, yeah. Is that your is that the song that you're vibing with most, or is it, what's the reason for you picking that song? Um, honestly, I just feel like it's a vibe, just the the beat, the sound, and like the lyrics, like the whole part. It's just a vibe, and it. I mean, it's basically the motto of the year. Like if you listen to it, you'll understand. You know, that's the motto of the year. Jay, I asked my wife uh, what my walk up song would be. You know, and she went old school with me. I used to man, Ti used to be all I listened to. And she said, even though it's older, she said, I'd come out to what you know about that. So I was like, you know what? More than likely, she's right. (laughs) I respect that. I respect it. And you know what? You're right, though, Peyton. It is a vibe, especially getting that battle box. You had to have that vibe before you step in. Um, But where are you from? I'm originally, I was born in Nacogdoches, Texas. When I was about five, turning six, I ended up moving to Houston, Texas. And I'm from a a Tascacita. It's kind of like in the Humble area. Okay, Akadosh's, Texas. I would say I'm asking for a friend, but I'm asking for myself. Where exactly is that at? Uh, Akadosh's, Texas. It's in East Texas, small town in East Texas. It's where uh, Stephen F. Austin is. Okay, okay. okay. And speaking of Stephen F. Austin, uh, didn't your your father play there, right? Yeah, he played football there. Yeah, yeah. So, you you know, you come from a background of athletes. Um, Tell us about, you know, a little bit about that. Um, Well, basically... um, my mom, she ran track in high school, didn't really do it in college, just went for school. My dad, he was a all-state, all-Olympic, junior Olympian track runner growing up. Then in high school, he was a beast runner back then, going to SFA. Went to SFA, ended up blowing his knee out. I mean, that's part of the game, though. Right. So they ended up having me, and I, um, they put me in baseball when I was three. I didn't touch football to about fifth, sixth grade, just because I don't know why, but... I was I was always baseball from three until I'm 21, the age I am now. And really, I started playing football in fifth and sixth grade, fifth or fifth or sixth grade. Then after that, it was just I fell in love with football and I was like, oh yeah, I love it. Play varsity. Your uncle played football too, didn't he? Yeah, my uncle said he uh went to Missouri and then ended up getting drafted to the Titans. 
and then became a free agent, and then that didn't end up working out. So, so football's running in that bloodline, even though you're a baseball player. Oh, no, right. definitely. Definitely got that football mentality. Definitely. That's where the love came from naturally, right? Yeah. 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 See? Baseball, See? Baseball, like, you know, it's like the main. And then football is kind of like the side. It's like, eh, you got to – you got to – you got to let it go at some point, but then baseball is the man, you know, that's the one that, you know, that was the first love, you know, the, the one, the, the sport that you, you can't live without the sport to get you, give you a different type of adrenaline rush. Right. Right. Now I want to, um, you know, speaking on baseball, you know, being black history month, um, you know, you're in a sport that has less than 10% of black athletes. Um, what really, cause I know that you got the love for the game. Was there someone that inspired you um, out there that you watched that made you, that gave you that extra push to want to go after that? Oh, definitely. Uh, growing up, Ken Griffey Jr., he was a, one of my favorite players growing up. And as I grew older, it was also Michael Bourne for the Houston Astros. You know, those two guys, they're just, especially Ken Griffey, I mean, future Hall of Famer. Right. Guys, you know, I don't know if you know his story, but, like, mentally, he wasn't, like, always, like, everything wasn't always good. And, like, mm -hmm. that's what out the most with me because no matter like how how hard times got for him along on top of baseball already being a hard game with that and then on top of issues he still like found a way to go above and beyond and conquer what a lot of people can't conquer in the game of baseball right no and, and, and that's a big thing especially being in that sport you know to have those type of idols there to look at and um you know inspire and yourself in it and motivate yourself in it um what is being uh, in the college circuit, you know, in that sport, what are some of the struggles that you see that, you know, that you deal with on a day-to-day, -day, uh, just traveling with the team and things like that? Because baseball's a gruesome, you know, long haul for that season. Yeah. Honestly, I, can't, I couldn't really tell you just because of the group of guys that I'm around. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I mean, it's a great group of guys. Since my freshman year, I know – like I came in as a freshman and I wanted to win championships. I wanted to change the culture and I wanted to, you know, leave a legacy. And I feel like being here these three and a half, four years, I feel like that's what's happening. You know, like there's not one teammate who like has a problem with each other. Like we all bond, everybody's boys. And I feel like that's another part of our success because it's the chemistry. It's out of this world. Like that's something that you can't teach at all. It's, I mean, I got great teammates and like, Honestly, probably only hard times are if I'm slumping or something. Right, right. And then, where did you – we talked about high school a little bit. Uh, can we, where did you go to high school at? So uh, my freshman year of high school, I started off at Summer Creek High School. Uh, I ended up transferring to Atatsia High School just because that was the best situation. It was, it was right across the street from my house, and the only reason why I was going to Summer Creek was because they, like, I was there with my friends that I had been with since, like, fourth, fifth grade. So – but – after Summer Creek, I was on varsity as a freshman in baseball at Summer Creek. Then I went to Tatsita. I was on varsity football my sophomore year, varsity baseball my sophomore year. And it was just the floodgates open, you know. We built, we had a great coach. I played football. Football was really, I don't know if y'all know, but football in Texas, I mean, it's. That's, oh, the yeah. next that's the next question we got set up. We wanted to know what's Friday nights like, you know. In yeah. Texas? And Friday nights, I mean, you can't beat it. It's honestly, it's something that I miss. And I honestly, my freshman year, when I came here, I was like, man, like, 
I miss football. Like I was, I was thinking about asking the baseball coach, could I go try and like walk on for football? Honestly, but I ended up like giving it up. But Friday nights, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. Like you know, being here in Louisiana and like seeing their Friday nights and like seeing like Texas Friday nights. I mean, it's it's a different ball game. That's with the fields, the facilities, the players. I mean, I feel like six A football is basically like D one or D two football, if we're being honest. Cause it's just it's so much competition and then our my district i was in the district with um we were in the district with we were in the woodlands district with the woodlands oak ridge conroe and all those other schools hey, okay i gotta i gotta ask you this since you dropped the woodlands we've had multiple guests but the first one that, that comes to mind because you're a hitter did you ever face devin Fontenot? i did my I believe it was my freshman year okay freshman. okay yeah, that's my boy uh, from LSU, but we've probably had about three or four athletes from the Woodlands. It's obviously a hot spot for athletes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woodlands, the Woodlands in specific, like the Woodlands High School, they they for sure breed athletes. And like you said, Devin, he's a dog at LSU. Yeah, Jay, we talked about it. Look, because of the way they put emphasis with the V there, every athlete that's came on will say, I'm from the Woodlands. It ain't the Woodlands, it's the Woodlands. And I'm like, that just, I mean, that puts all the emphasis on it, right? That, that's a bad place. I mean, hey, big time 6A. I mean, it's a difference. Now, as you say, and we talked about the dogs that you have down there um, in that 6A uh, district, or that division, you were a 6A uh, district player of the year in football and baseball your senior year, and also second team, all Houston team in baseball, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as we say that, we got the accolades to see why you, why you took it where you took it. I mean, honestly, I mean, I feel like I could have played football in college, too. But at the same time, you know, I wanted to make a business decision and I wanted to put all my all my support in baseball because I feel like that's the one I can go all the way with. Nice, nice. Um, why McNeese uh, State? Um, honestly, it was just it just felt like home, you know, with the scholarship they gave me, the people around the facilities. I mean, it just felt like home. Everybody, you know, they welcomed me in. And I was like, you know what? I I had a few other offers from SFA. I had a small one from U of H, a couple of JUCOs. But, I mean, McNeese, it just felt like home. It felt like I could come here and make a difference and make a change and make my mark the way I wanted to. Well, well I'm we sure that uh, well, I was going to say, I'm sure that they thought you could make a difference, too. I mean, a 420 batting average. 700 on um, base percentage, 30 stolen bases, and you were the team captain. So I'm sure they thought the same thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I can remember meeting with Coach Hill. I mean, I was a 17-year-old kid, you know, not knowing I was getting myself into, just ready, ready to go somewhere, ready to play D1 baseball. And I remember him asking me, what, like, what do you want to do when you come here? And I told him, I was like, I want to get drafted. I want to win, and I want to change the culture. Right. And I mean, he said, "Well, what what do you want to do?" And I said, "I want to get drafted." And he says, "Stop right there." He said, "Do you want to get drafted, or do you want to get drafted, then go to Double A, then go to Triple A, then hit the pros?" And I mean, that right there, I mean, it just it was an opener and showed me that. He has a whole different mindset. Like Justin Hill, he's like Houdini. Like he, his mindset 
is 10 steps ahead of anybody else. He, you may think you know what you want, but he'll make you think you know, plus concrete and more. Like, he's a great guy. I love him to death. And honestly, just talking to him for the first time and just, like, getting his vibe and seeing how he is, that's what made me come to McNeese. And, I mean, I feel like I made the right decision. Man, man, I tell you what, Jay, you know, all this talk, I'm, I'm getting all hyped about Louisiana. I want to, like, rotate. See, what Peyton doesn't know is I have two different background walls, but because you're a baseball player, I went with all my autographed baseball wall. But if I rotate, I got all my Louisiana football stuff up. So I kind of – I, I want to shift so you can see. I'm all, I'm all about the fact that you're in Louisiana and then you're a football star too. I love it. But nonetheless, I'm going to tell you something about your backdrop. You're like our 130th athlete. You're the first one that got the banner behind you. Like, I right. love that. I mean, that man got right. the flag in the background. Yeah. That's right. the, actually, I got it from um, our facility because last year we got hit by the hurricane. So, like, everything got tore up. Like, we didn't have a locker room last year. We just got our locker room back literally about a month ago. And, like, we didn't have any cages. We'd have to go to a high school to hit or go to D-Bat to hit. Like, it was a time. So, I took – whenever we was, like, redoing it, I took this thing out. It's the, uh, all the regionals we made. And right here it says 2003. That was the last time we went before we uh, went in 2019. We just yeah. Yeah, back that's, to back. That's back what's to up. Back. Yeah, now uh, having that in the backdrop, like I said, man, making me feel like I need to upgrade or something. I ain't got no like championship banners or nothing. <laughs> but uh, you know, you get to you get to McNeese State. You know, um, some people are excited, some people are super nervous. You know, some both. What were you? Honestly, I was just eager to win a spot because coming in, I knew that I had a couple older guys in front of me. I knew Shane Selman, he was a, a draft pick the year before that ended up coming back. Then I know I had another senior in front of me who had been a three-year starter. So I was just ready to get a spot, honestly. I knew that I had a goal, and I knew that I wanted to come in, win, and come in and build the stock. So, I mean, I was just hungry, honestly. Well, I mean, you know, hungry you were, and apparently, you know, you accomplished your mission of getting that uh, spot. I got it here as you started 56 of 61 games. Ended the season with 294 batting average, recorded 23 RBIs off 65 hits, had a slugging percentage of 339, um, was second on the team, was stole bases with 16, um, posted a 961 fielding percentage. So, you know, obviously there's always room for growth, but, you you know, you just said your main thing was you wanted to get a spot. Were you happy? Did you meet expectations at least uh, for your freshman year? Honestly, I feel like I definitely uh, missed a couple of my personal expectations. But team wise, I feel like I def like we definitely set the tone. You know, coming in, I had a great group of guys around me, older guys that it is with Clayton Raspberry, Jake Dickerson, Shane Stoneman, Carson Maxwell, Julian Gonzalez, Reed Bork, you know, everybody around me, everybody just, you know, supported me and getting better. And I feel like that's what led me to becoming who I am today and like who I was my freshman year. Because honestly, like, like I tell the freshmen now, like coming into D one baseball, I mean it's tough, honestly, like, it's tough, like, you know, from being a star on your high school team or your select team to a bunch of grown men, like, you're in the locker room with a bunch of grown men now, so, I mean, like, it's definitely a different ball game, and, I mean, I just, I was just hungry, and I feel like you just got to know and, like, understand that, like, there's going to be, like, good days, there's going to be bad days, but as long as you keep doing it, keep getting better 1% each day, you're going to be fine. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, going into the next season, man, uh, man, I look at these stats and, and I and I talk to all these different athletes and I feel bad because of, you know, COVID taking everything away from everyone. It says, you know, you were second on the team and eighth in the league batting 356. You had already had 21 hits, um, you know, doubles, RBIs, runs, stolen bases, the works and just the and the games that y'all got to play, you know, obviously it's upsetting, but man, for you personally, you know, you started off so well, like, I mean, how much did it hurt just having that season ripped out from underneath you? Honestly, I was, I was torn, but I really just felt bad for the seniors, honestly, because at that point they didn't know whether like they were going to play the game again, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I into that year, we were coming off the championship. I want like, we, the goal was to go back to back. So it was just, I was just so distraught because we didn't know like what was going to happen with them. I mean, thank God that, you know, they, everybody ended up like coming back and getting all that back. But man, yeah, I yeah. was. No, that was, that was a good thing. NCAA got right, you know, giving right. them the opportunity to open extra roster spots because I mean, it, ain't, it wasn't fair to those guys for sure. And that's why I think baseball last year um, across the board, you know, they talked about it coming into the season. It was possibly going to be one of the best college baseball seasons ever because you had a lot of guys playing that were going to more than likely have been drafted and not been there. And I mean, you, you saw it, you played in it. I mean, last year there were so many good teams. Like it, it was deep getting into that regional. Was it was last year was, it was, it was tough all the way around. So, you know, 2021, you know, obviously uh, I want to start with something. We like to highlight when academic achievements are made because you know, everybody knows you're an athlete, but man, um, getting it done in the classroom as well. So you were the on the Southland Conference academic honor roll. You know, what's it mean to you to show that you're not just an athlete, but you're also someone who works hard in the classroom? Honestly, I think it's everything because, you know, school is always important. You know, be since before I could remember, school is always important. I can remember like second grade doing like multiplication or something. And I had a baseball game one day and I couldn't go to the game until I finished my homework. And I tell you like a pissed, pissed off kid that like I'm pissed, pissed doing math homework. And I'm like, dude, and I just feel like taking care of your schoolwork. I mean, you got to do it. Like you got to do it. Yeah. And, that, and that's the answer from a lot of athletes. They say, if I got to, if I got to be here and I got to do it anyway, why not do it well? Like not every, not everyone has, yeah, we have some that don't have that mentality. They don't want to be there. They don't want to do the schoolwork and you know, that's on them, but there's a lot of them that say, Hey, if I got to do it anyway, why not do it to the best of my ability? And, you know, for some guys, you know, you never know what's going to happen, you know, in, you know, God forbid an injury or something, something comes up. Right. And, you know, you may have to fall back on that degree. And so you might want to do those grades because they're going to look back and say, Hey, you ain't an athlete no more. You're in the real world. You got to work. And I seen in school, you didn't care. So, um, yeah, definitely. definitely. But, uh, go ahead. I hate, I hate like bad work, not doing good failure. I, I, I absolutely, I can't stand that. That's, that's another thing that pushes me to do good in school. Cause I mean, you don't want to be the dumb kid. I mean, well, did your parents instill in you from a young age just to, uh, to excel in the classroom as well? Or you, like you just said, in everything, you don't want to you don't want to not be able to achieve anything. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, personally, yeah, that's just how I am. But they definitely instill that in me at an early age. Definitely. It was always school before the play, school before the play. No doubt. So this last season, man, you appeared in all 62 games, ranked second on the team. 
And in the conference with 81 hits, uh, place you number nine on the McNeese single season hits total. Um, second on the team with a 321 batting average, led team and league with 59 runs scored. Um, hit your first career home run at SLU. Got to talk about it, man. How did that feel hitting that ball? Uh, well, we call it out here. We call it in, in the black. I was in the black. I was. <laughs> I was, it, it felt good, you know, and then to put us up 3-0 in the seventh inning game, I believe it was like the fifth inning, in the seventh inning game, it was, it was a good feeling. Man, I bet you were, I bet you were absolutely jack running those bases. Oh, yeah, man, what? It was a blur. We got a, <laughs> that guy got a freaking warning because everybody was going crazy. I love it. Hey, you talk about how close your team is, so I'm sure they felt it just as much as you did, no doubt. Um, so, you know, Talking about the team, you know, you talked about how since you've been there and the culture changed and, and y'all won the conference, um, you know, you did it again and you made it to regionals in Fort Worth, you know, um, just how cool experience is that and going up, you know, like a juggernaut like TCU and everything. Obviously, the outcome wasn't what you wanted, but man, you were there, you were playing against the big dogs, you know, you're in the regionals, you know, just tell us about that experience. Honestly, is I mean, just like the year before when we, whenever we went to Vanderbilt, it was, you know, it was a fun experience, you know, obviously we didn't win like we wanted to, but, you know, just being in the environment, the people, the competition, I mean, it's electric. I mean, it's, it's baseball. I mean, that's what you want. You want to, if you want to play at the highest level, that's what you want. I mean, right. I mean, we didn't get the result we wanted, but we plan on coming back this year and doing better and making a little history. Yeah, I didn't bring up the year before on purpose because uh, the other two hosts that we have as well, um, we universally don't like Vanderbilt. And I was in Omaha last year to watch them lose, so I really loved it. So I didn't want to talk about Vanderbilt beating y'all because they don't get no credit from me. I don't like that team. <laughs> we, we ain't even had no guests from Vanderbilt on purpose. <laughs> the Whistler, man. I know you know about the Whistler. That dude, hey, does he drive players nuts just as much as he does us in the stands? You know what I'm Ooh. talking about? The, the dude who whistles all game for Vanderbilt. Oh, uh, that dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Whenever you said whistle, I was like, oh, dude. Dude, Jay, you, hey, if you ever go to a game that involves Manorville, this cat, man, he makes you, no matter what part of the stadium you're at, you can hear him. You just want to find him and beat the mess out of him, bro. It's annoying. <laughs> but, uh, you know, getting into the start of this season, y'all just had your opening series with uh, Stony Brook. Y'all y'all took it, you know, uh Seems like you did pretty well. What do you feel like you need to improve upon most personally? And then since you're a big team guy, what does the team need to do to be able to take that next step to advance in the regional round? Honestly, I just feel like personally, I can definitely cut down on my strikeouts that I had last year. Cause I know I feel like I had way too many strikeouts last year. And I know me being a fast dude, all I got to do is put the ball in play, put the ball on the ground in the gap, apply pressure. And it's, you know, it's a 50, 50 chance. Because honestly, I mean, when I go, when I go, we go. That's the saying that me and our DH, Trey Rubagon, say, you go, we go. I mean, I just feel like I bring a different type of electricity to the team. And, you know, whenever I'm on, we're on. Whenever I'm down, we're down. You know, I just feel like me coming out and just being that electric factor, causing chaos on the base path, at the plate, just my presence, I feel like that could, uh, that could really spark us and lead us a long way. Well, before you get into the team, to the team thing and, and getting past that thing, uh, since you brought up the stolen bases, do you have a number that you set that, you, that you're striving for? This year, yeah, it's 40. Woo! 40. Woo. 
right, man. I hope I hope you get it. I love that. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That 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 number right there is. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a game changer. The record here, so I plan on breaking it. All right, I'm rooting for you this year, man. We're gonna break it. Appreciate now, you. Let's 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 switch gears a little bit. We're gonna play a game. We play this game with everybody. Um, you're down for a game, right? I'm down. I'm down. All right, so we're gonna play this and that, or this or that, but you cannot pick both or neither. We have to get that out the way now. We had had some people trying to slide in and and wiggle their way in the middle. So no both and no neithers. So it's either this or that. Right, right, right. All right. So here we go. We're gonna go some 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 nice stuff, and then we'll end it with the hard ones. Hit a home run or rob a home. Uh, which one is this? Well, no, you don't. You just pick one or the other. It doesn't have to be labeled this or that. Oh. You just pick yeah. One. Oh. All right. Uh, probably hit a homer. Okay. He got that one. He got that taste of that one. He wants that. He wants that on the regular. Do you, do you get to rob a lot of home runs? Uh, honestly, being in center field, not really. But my uh my freshman year, I did whenever we played at ULM. That was okay. that was pretty. <laughs> you get more. You get more of the diving in the space kind of, yeah. kind of robberies. Unless yeah. I'm get a hold of one. See, the home run just gets that crowd going. Just I me, mean, I mean, It just it's a different feeling. All right. So food. We going with Texas or we going with Louisiana? I'm go Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hey, buy some gumboats. Hey. I, I I can't argue you there, man. That gumbo jambalaya, this crawl, just the whole vibe down there. Look, I went down to Baton Rouge a few weeks ago, and I told Jay and the boys in the group chat. I said I put on like seven pounds over four days. I said I ate so much. I can't go down there without just eating. I got to get everything. Got to get the the gumbo. I got to get the jambalaya. Got to get the red beans and rice, the boudin balls. I can't let nothing get by. Ain't forget the boudin. <laughs> you making me hungry right now. <laughs> All right. Is it better? Do you, do you prefer to be smart or funny? Smart. Okay. Are you a if, glass? If you smart you, again? If you smart, then you can think of ways how to be funny. So I mean, see, I like that. I like that. Facts. That's two in a row now. That's the that's the Louisiana vibe. I think. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so, are you a glass half full? Or a glass half empty type of guy. Glass half full. Okay. Uh, that means he's all about the optimism. I feel him. I actually Driving he might more. say half empty because he always feels like he could fill it up more. Facts. Hey. All right. Now here's where we get a little we get a little more difficult. These last two are usually the thinkers. So we're gonna do five years in jail or ten in a coma. <laughs> that man said I'm out <laughs> that's tough five or ten years in a coma like really I mean mm. I'm gonna go five years in jail hey, I like it I like it hey you right know with you. We went through the the other host, Daniel, is adamant that he will only go to a coma. He is not made for jail. He don't want no part of jail. 
me and Jay are like, we got kids. We trying to get our five done and get back to them. Like right. we just got to take whatever comes with it. The five years, that's a little different because you do 10 years sleep and not knowing like, I mean, you basically start like, over. I mean, like, I can't do that. Well, uh, well, that's what I said. I need a memory of something. Like, well, here's, it was bad. <laughs> here's the thing, Jay, an episode that you weren't on Quintavious Burdett, uh, he said that his thing was for 10 years, he didn't want his family to have to take care of him and worry about him and watch him. That's and right. that's a, then that man, that threw a whole perspective. And I was like, man. And so that whole family, that wife and kids thing, I was like, man, could you imagine they had to sit there and watch you for 10 years? Just and I was like, yeah. man, give me jail. We just going to take whatever comes with it. That's why these last two questions, they pack a punch. But know? this last one, I'm real curious to know what he's going to say, because I actually think he's going to take the answer that I want him to take. Well, let's see. All right. First pick in the MLB draft, cut all your friends loose. Or not get drafted, keep all your friends. I'm going to have to cut all my friends. He's the first one. Yes, it took forever. Ah, oh. <laughs> he's been looking for that answer. <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, we're gonna have a football cat on here. I say you're gonna be the first pick, and he said, "No, nah, I'd re- rather, you know, I'll find my way." I'm like, man, and because uh, you know, Joey B's my guy. I'm like, look at the life Joey B's living right now. Like, you kidding me? Being the first pick, like, what are we talking about? Ah, uh, yeah, I mean. They gonna still see. I mean, you gonna be the first pick. I mean, <laughs> he said, "I'll get new friends." It's it's all good. It's not like y'all <laughs> city. You know, I mean, it's gonna be, it'll be a coincidence if you get drafted to the same city you're from. I mean, right, right. I mean, he said they gonna see me. I'm gonna be drafted. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, he my he my new favorite guest. <laughs> right, right. Well, no, man. It's- yeah, we, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, we don't we don't normally do uh, midday episodes, but me and Jay really have made it a point, and I'm glad he got to talk to you about a little bit, uh, you know, just with it being February. And, man, I was it's, it's on me. It's, it's the producer. I, I looked at my lineup, and we had Shay Campbell from UCLA, the gymnast, to start off the month. But after that, I looked, and, uh, man, we had, like, eight dudes lined up you know it was all white baseball players and for me I was like that's a bust on me I was like it's February and I was like man we really need to spotlight black athletes and so me and Jay have made it a point we've put in some extra episodes and I've been following you on Instagram I've seen you a good cat and I was like we got to get him on so man I really appreciate you doing this for us no, no be... pleasure no and it was my pleasure as well and we'll be I feel like be uh I'll be I'll be hitting you tweeting you out here and there or watching you I need count. I need those stolen bases I need, I, I need I'm watching that 40 count definitely, I'm rooting definitely. for you how, how many did you get this weekend I ain't getting none this weekend oh it's a bad start I ain't, ain't a bad start I ain't, I, ain't, nah. I, ain't, I get the opportunities I had I was jammed I was in a jam you guys still make it smart see and that's what See, that's the good, that's the good uh, base dealers. They ain't just out there just going at every opportunity. You got to seize the correct, the, the right opportunities. Gotcha. So I already know I'm a threat anyway. So, I mean, antennas are always up. Got to be smooth. See, that's my, that's my type of, real quick, that's my type of play, baseball player. One of my favorite, I'm an Arizona guy. So, one of my favorites growing up to watch was Tony Womack. And, you know, so hats off to Tony that's the, that's that type of base stealing I like you know what I mean smart here's where, here's where I need you to show out I need you to show out against my own team I was looking at y'all's schedule and I see on March 8th y'all heading to Baton Rouge against LSU 
Uh, it's gonna be on the SEC network, so I'm gonna watch that. I, I need you. I want to. I want to see you cut up on my own team. Make make it happen. I got you. I got you. I mean, since I've been here, we we won and won with them. So I mean, oh, there you go. Rubber match. Get it done. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. The worst part is all all my LSU brethren that listen to this episode are gonna be like, "What the heck?" I'm gonna be like, "Look, man, you know, just trying to encourage." Facts, facts. Always good for a little competition. I, I, I see y'all play uh, a Stephen F. Austin. Uh, what, what does your dad do during those games? He, he's wearing the McNeese or is he wearing the Stephen F.? Oh, no, I definitely wearing McNeese. Definitely wearing McNeese, for uh, sure. Got to represent. Got to represent. I know, man. Some people are attached to where they went to school. They play ball themselves. Uh, he know better. <laughs> uh, but I, I was looking on here. Y'all got y'all got y'all got quite a few games. So that's that's gonna be my plug. I'm gonna let you plug anything you want yourself. But for anybody listening who wants to check out Peyton. Um, man, plenty of games on ESPN plus some on the uh, SEC network. So, man, y'all want to check out Peyton play. And, man, usually you can find games streaming everywhere, Jay. You know that. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Somebody streaming it somewhere for you to watch. Oh, no, I'll be tapping in. I ain't, I, like I said, I'm, I'm out here in Arizona. We're going to tap in. We're going to watch it. McNeese State this year. We, I'm looking for the 40. Yeah. All right, well, before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug or promote, uh, man, if you want to put out your uh, your social media handle, any of that, so people can follow you? I mean, yeah, you can follow me on uh, the ground, payday1 underscore, and Twitter, payday1 underscore underscore. Uh, shout out my boy Jugo. That's my uh, that's my crib. Yeah, that's my bop. And uh, go Pokes. That's what's up. All right, well, everybody, that is Peyton Harden. All right, Jay. Well, that was another great episode. This one with Peyton Harden. If you like hearing his story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, rating, and feedback is welcome. Next episode on deck is episode six with guest Anthony Renato, former MLB pitcher and host of the Up and In Show. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. And as always, strong bodies, sharp minds, green grind all the time. We're out.